three games left. That's it. That's all there is in the regular season for 2023. And it's the Reds and it's the Cardinals. Should it be any other way? Well, it's kind of weird how this way is. We are going to get into why it's so weird and who you need to be watching for on today's Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cardinals crossover. What's up? My name is Jeff Carr. He is JD Haffron from Lockdown Cardinals. If I point the right direction, you watch on YouTube. Uh, JD, as we get ready for this series, how are you feeling, man? I'm, I'm, I can't believe the season's still going. I thought it ended three months ago, Jeff. <laughs> is there, is there something that I'm missing here? Are you guys playing for something? Uh, meaningful baseball has been dead to me for so long. So, uh, yeah, but roles definitely reversed this year. The, the Reds have made a move and they're, they're on the verge of possibly making the playoffs. Cardinals in rebuild mode. Things are weird. It's, it's bizarro baseball world here in the NL Central. And we are crossing over to finish the season to tell you all about it. Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cardinals is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen like you do every day. Every dayers will know that uh, Reds and Cardinals has always been a bit of a contentious thing, uh, and usually it's the Reds punching up. This year, it's the Cardinals punching up. Very strange how these roles have been reversed. And then, you know, the, the question that we will tackle a little bit later on in today's show is how quickly will the Cardinals get off the mat and how real is this development for the Reds? But we want to start with this series because three games, we've got some strange pitching matchups for those that know <laughs> this Reds Cardinals rivalry in the first two games. And then game three is going to be just a banger of a pitching match. There, there, there's so much to get to when it comes to where this series might go, but how did we get here? JD, how, how did we get to the point that it's the Cardinals playing spoiler? Well, uh, the Cardinals front office underestimated, uh, how bad their pitching staff would be and how much, in my opinion, the changes with the shift and stuff uh, affected the type of pitchers that they had in their rotation this year. Uh, pitch of contact didn't seem like a bad idea when you had the shift helping you out. You had elite defense behind you. Now you don't have the shift. The elite defense has gone away. They just haven't played normal. What we're used to as far as Cardinal defense over the years where there's just gold glovers sprinkled all over the field. Uh, they haven't played that to that level, and it's been really, really rough. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of soft contact has gotten through in situations where uh, normally those would have been gobbled up by the shift, and it, it's really, really affected pitchers like Miles Michaelis this year. You know, a, a guy that's a, a, a decent pitcher in my opinion, but he's been terrible. You know, hits galore against him, leads the league and hits against one of the top five and runs against. Uh, they have no real swing and miss stuff in that starting rotation, at least the rotation that the way things started at the beginning of the year, uh, they were banking on a, a Jack Flaherty returned to, to prominence and elite role, which did not happen. Jordan Montgomery was very, very good, but by the time you got to where you'd had to decide whether or not you wanted to keep him or not, you were already so far back. It didn't matter. So you had to ship him off. So that's kind of what happened. A lot of injuries have happened. They haven't had uh, the, the outfield is hardly played. Uh, together at all this year the uh starting idea was to have tyler o'neill 
Dylan Carlson and Lars Newbar. And instead, you've got guys like Tommy Edmond playing center field. Your gold glove second base. Like it's just been weird, dude. It's been a it's been an odd year for the Cardinals. Um, a catastrophic year, but also in a way, uh, I think it's a year where maybe it needed to happen. Maybe it needed to, you needed to burn everything down so that you can start to rebuild with a different philosophy. Um, because what the Cardinals have used to win over the years, although it's worked, things have changed in the in the game of baseball. And the, the, their thinking as far as how they were going to go about winning games needed to change, and they didn't keep up with the times. They thought they could squeeze one more year out of this whole uh, pitch-to-contact philosophy, rely on just home runs, and uh, it, it failed miserably. So that's how we got here. It's intriguing because, honestly, the starting pitching profile is very similar to the Reds this year. The Reds starting pitching has been abysmal. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. You can be polite about different uh, one-off instances here and there, but for the most part, on average, this starting rotation will be the reason that they don't make the playoffs if that is indeed what happens. Uh, the ironic part about it is, in spite of that, they've played so well. We're, we're talking about a guaranteed 500 ball team that coming into this season, we were just going to be happy if they avoided 100 losses. And while the rotation has been hurt, it's been inconsistent, there's been some names that some postseason episodes that um, that Steve and I will do where we reflect on some of the names who took the mound for the Reds in this season. It's going to be intriguing. Guys like Luis Sessa, Connor Overton, Luke Weaver, who you know. Uh, Former Cardinal legend Luke Weaver, yes. Cardinal the legend, dream yes. Weaver himself. Started last night for the New York Yankees. Yeah, um, he's, he's trying to just figure out something anywhere. Um, but yeah, the, there's been so much variance with this team, and it's because coming into the year, they didn't expect all of the young guys to come up and do what they've done. We've now gotten to the point that the Reds know who their core is moving forward. We couldn't say that coming into the season, but we know who the core of the lineup is. We know who the core of the pitching staff is going to be. It's just at this point... Everybody but Hunter Green on that core is hurt, and we got to figure out what's going to happen the rest of the way. Andrew Abbott just pitched. Uh, I do not foresee maybe he comes into a relief role on Sunday if it comes down to the Sunday game and they absolutely have to have it, but I don't foresee him getting a getting a pitching spot in this series. So you're looking at Brandon Williamson. You're looking at Hunter Green on Sunday, and I'm blanking on Saturday's probable starter, which is Connor Phillips, Phillips who yeah. he's looked good and he's yeah. looked bad all in the course <laughs> of like two weeks. So <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see what the Reds get out of those starting pitchers and Hunter Green as well. I mean, his last start was not really that good. So overall, you're excited about the possibilities, but you also need to not lose in St. Louis is something the Cardinals have pretty much owned over the Reds, uh, regardless of how these two teams have been over the last decade. Yeah, and I will point this out. You are not playing – you're playing more like the Memphis team from AAA than you <laughs> are the Redbirds, St. Louis yeah. Cardinals from this year. Almost everybody <laughs> that started this season is hardly – they're not playing anymore. It's already done. They're on the IL. There's no Contreras. Uh, both the Nolans are gone. Arenado Gorman, they're done for the year. There's no Tyler O'Neill. There's no Carlson. There's no Brendan Donovan. Uh, wow. Paul Goldschmidt is is still getting out there. 
as much as he, he's allowed to. I think the Cardinals have kind of been like, all right, whoa, whoa, big dog. You're okay. You don't, you don't have to be out there every single day anymore. It's fine. But being the competitor that he is, he, he likes to be out there on the field as much as possible. Uh, there's still a new bar and an Edmund, but for the most part, it is a lot of young guys. Uh, you're going to see uh, guys like Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, who are you know, picked to be pillars for this team moving forward. But uh, it's not the same Cardinals team that you guys saw last time we all met up. Looking forward to watching Win, and I'm guessing he might come up uh, when we look at players to watch for as we move on through today's episode. Thanks again for checking out today's Locked On Reds, Locked On Cardinals crossover. And yes, I'm sure Mason Wynn's going to come up, and there's a power hitter on the Reds lineup that you didn't expect. No, I'm not talking about Christian Encarnacion Strand or Ellie De La Cruz. Got a guy to watch for coming up for you on the Reds lineup here in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Sleeper. Uh, it's it's pretty much to the point. I don't think anybody's fantasy baseball season is still rolling on through the final week of this. I think most people try to take out the variants of you know, what September rosters look like. So I think everybody's done, but if you're still looking to get on, on the fantasy baseball action, JD sleepers got a really good way to do that. Yes, they do. Uh, if you haven't been a part of this yet, uh, we've been harping on you all season to, to get on it. And, uh, Basically, you're picking your favorite players, the guys you think are going to be really good. You're basically picking on what stats they're going to be good at. You know, we're talking home runs. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, a guy that uh, the name of my team was on cruise control after he got called up this year for <laughs> fantasy baseball. I've been riding him and to see him starting to get hot here at the very end because I actually am in still a fantasy league that is wrapping up this week. So uh, I've enjoyed that. So if you think Ellie's going to you know, hit a few bombs against the Cardinals this weekend. Not a bad idea considering who the pitchers are. Uh, you might you might want to put him into your lineup and you want to bet on uh, strikeouts. You know, you want to you want to get yeah. your hands on all these top guys. And if they end up doing what you think they will do, you're going to win a lot of money. You're going to win big. And that's the idea. You can do it with Sleeper. Up to 100 times payouts over on sleeper.com or with the sleeper app uh, for uh, up to eight pick contests. Like you said, pick your favorite players. You could win big. Plus, your initial deposit, you could get a one up to $100 match by using the promo code locked on. So go to sleeper.com and use the promo code locked on to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. And then go try and win 100 times your money with sleeper. Picks. Check them out today. It's the number one sports app on the App Store, sleeper.com. Promo code locked on. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cardinals your first listen every day. Every dayers coming up on the next episode, we're going to be recapping the regular season finale. Hopefully, I'll be talking about the Reds sneaking on into the playoffs. Lots has to happen for that to go down. And then uh, JD's going to be talking about the offseason plan, I'm sure as the Cardinals look to get back up next season. But JD, when it comes to these final three games, as we look into our crystal ball of very immediate future and what, what's going to happen, I, I got a player for you to watch. And it's a guy that I, when he was brought up was unheralded, not a whole lot known about this guy, not a whole lot expected of this guy. And I think he's carved out for himself an everyday role in center field. And that is TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel was not on anybody's prospect list. He was not on anybody's. You gotta go check this dude out once he makes the majors, but he is two long balls away from a 2020 
season. The last time that happened for the Reds was 2014. It was Todd Frazier, if you could have guessed, who would have had 20 steals and 20 homers in the same season. It would not have been Todd Frazier, at least not on my book. Um, <laughs> so looking at all of that, then you go and, and you have TJ Friedel coming in. He's got over 20 steals already. He's been on a tear. The last game he didn't hit a home run. That's the first time in three games that he's done that. Um, he's just absolutely been phenomenal this season. And I'm excited to see what he can do against kind of, like you said, a patchwork Cardinals pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on, you know, obviously we keep an eye on all the teams in our division, but, uh, Friedel's been one of those surprise guys where, where did the pop come from all of a sudden? Now I know we make the jokes and we call it great American small park and there's a lot of home runs that are hit there or whatever, but it's not like he ekes them over the wall all the time. Like Friedel has been mashing this year and he's dealt with some injuries. So it's not like he's had like an entire season that he's been able to pull this off. Like he's been an impressive player for the Reds in center field and uh, has kind of made it where remember Senzel was going to be that guy in center field that the Reds were thinking about moving him there. And yeah. you don't really need him anymore. Friedel's kind of locked that down. There's really no need to uh, go with anybody else anymore. I love the style of play. The Friedel, he's just, you know, hard, hardcore, 110% all the time, full speed all the time. Um, he's really been an enjoyable player to watch. And he's a guy that I think Cardinals fans – if he was wearing a different uniform and he was in St. Louis, that he'd be one of the fan favorites, no doubt, just by the way he carries himself and the kind of guy he is on the field. Yeah, he's very easy to root for. And that kind of uh, leads me to a Cardinal that I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to watching Mason win. And I know that he got called up with quite a bit of fanfare. And not to take this away from me, if, the, if this was your guy, sorry. Uh, but he is a guy <laughs> that I'm very excited to watch. And especially because he kind of fits into what is happening with the, the, the NL central top prospects. You talk about power and speed, and that seems to be what Mason Wynn has in spades. Yeah. He, um, you know, he's very young, 21 years old. Uh, he made the jump from, he played in triple a this year for the first time. And, uh, it took a little time for him to get used to it, which is normal. You know, not everybody just, you know, lights it up. Not everybody's LA de la Cruz. I don't know if everybody knows that, but they're not. <laughs> well, and they even don't just Ellie come out. kind of came down a little bit. Yeah, He yeah. did come down eventually, <laughs> but they don't just come out just mashing right away. And, uh, Mason's had some tough times getting adjusted to, major league pitching since coming up uh, like you said he was he was very good at triple a uh he's got that combination of uh he's got some pop he's got like 15 maybe 20 home run pop but uh speed wise he's got elite speed he's somebody that uh, will be learning to steal more and more bases uh in the future i'm sure if the cardinals decide to finally go with that philosophy uh to steal more bases because uh for a while now they've been a very station to station team but hopefully in my eyes that, that would be a great way i mean major league baseball is making it easier for you to steal bases you should take advantage of that that's probably a good plan so uh mason wins definitely got the speed uh if you haven't seen him throw the ball yet uh ellie we know how hard he throws the ball mason win is right there with him it's it's the, the three guys you got the crews over in pittsburgh you got crews in Cincinnati, and then you got win three of the top arms in all of baseball, and definitely three of the top arms on mm. the infield uh, coming into to next year together. Uh, so uh, he's he's got some smoke there. He used to be a pitcher, uh, was the guy in the futures game that you know threw it 100 miles an hour across the diamond on one. So he's got it in his pocket when he needs it, but he doesn't waste it. Like he he understands, and this is something I've been very impressed with at his young age is when he does get a ball in the hole. He doesn't just let it rip if 
he doesn't think he's going to get the guy at first. Like right. he's very smart with the way he uses the arm, you know, he'll, he'll unleash it on a double player or whatever, but he's not like the old Sean Dunstan days who just, you know, revved it up and whoosh every throw, no matter what, like he, he's been very smart with that. And uh, as far as his approach to the plate, he's, he's getting much better. Uh, there, we've seen the progression since uh, he got called up. So the future is very, very bright for one Mason win. So uh, the, the NL Central has got some good shortstops in this league. If you consider the Cubs, Dansby Swanson as well. Uh, it, it's um, we, we kind of got that position on lockdown right now. Yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting names and a lot of exciting young town. I mean, 21. I didn't realize Mason Wynn was 21 as well. I mean, Ellie's 21. Noavi Marte is 21. There's so many mm-hmm. young players that will be in this series who else are you kind of excited to see in these final three games especially as they they get a look at the reds pitching well uh for the cardinals a guy that uh he's been so much fun since the guy that the cardinals got him not even a guy that came from their organization so richie palacios a guy that got dfa'd by the guardians this year the cardinals swoop in and go seems like he's a solid guy we'll pick him up give him a chance and he's been incredible. Like he comes out here and he just plays with, he's one of those guys that plays with the joy for the game where he's like, I'm just happy to be here. This is outstanding. I can't believe I'm here. It's not like he was a terrible prospect with the guardians, but they had a numbers crunch. They had to DFA somebody and the Cardinals didn't let him get away. So they took him in and he's been playing center field for them, left field for them. He's played a little bit of second base. He's shown some surprise pop from the left hand, the left side of the plate. And he's just been a lot of fun to watch out there. So uh, he's a name that maybe Reds fans aren't exactly familiar with. He's got goggles. He wears them like, you know, you guys remember the Chris Sabo days and Rex Specs. specs. Yeah. Not not exactly that old school looking, but (laughs) it's still the idea is is still there. But he's a guy that's been a lot of fun to watch over the last month and a half. And uh, he's somebody that might impress Reds fans um, on the other side, watching you guys. Uh, I hate the fact that Matt McClain is out. I enjoyed watching him yeah. this year, but uh, obviously Cardinal fans are going to see Ellie De La Cruz again, which, uh, you know, even though he has struggled a lot, still must see baseball. Then he just hit one like 470 in Cleveland, like 119 miles an hour. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just <laughs> missed it, right? Just missed it. Barely just, just yeah. off the barrel. Uh, but th- something like that, you know, if the Cardinals are going to lose and they're going to go down in flames, at least we want to see something cool happen while it, while it goes down. Yeah, it's it's a thing that Ellie has become a guy, and I don't even know that Nick Castellanos got to this point. I mean, he was only with the Reds for, you know, two years, but the Reds have not had a guy that other teams look forward to getting out more than Ellie De La Cruz, and I love how that has become a thing and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he finishes out the year. The two homer game was very pleasant to see because it, it's been a slog for him these last like month and a half or so. It's been a lot of I think he's maybe figuring it out, oh, but then he has a three strikeout game or a four strikeout game and, and you're just like, okay, he's he's still there's still some work to be done. But at every level of the minor leagues, once he figures it out, once it clicks, he just goes off. And so is it starting now? And and the really unfortunate will thing thing will be is like, is it starting now? And then they miss the playoffs, and then we have like a whole three months of no Ellie, and then we're just hoping he comes back with that sort of momentum going to be interesting to see but as this team moves into the offseason mode and into hopefully the postseason mode if if 
everything goes right, uh, he has been a delight to kind of see the light bulb at least start to flicker a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll come on here in this Cardinal series. But with that being said, we will give our predictions and we will take a look at how these teams move through the future, how, how this off season will impact the uh, both franchises moving forward. Before we get to that though, we got to tell you about DoorDash because JD, I, I love DoorDash because sometimes I just don't want to leave the house, but I'm hungry. If there is one thing that I can say that came out of the pandemic, which is kind of cool, it's the fact that you don't have to leave your house anymore. If you need anything, yeah. especially things like fresh groceries, you know, for the week, but you don't have time to get to the store, you're doing things at home. Maybe you're working from home these days and you're like, I don't have time to go over there and deal with everything and go pick it all out. Now you don't have to worry about it. You can try grocery delivery from DoorDash and you'll get everything you want delivered when you need it. And it comes right to your door. They drop it off right there in front of your, your very own door, whether it's a house, whether it's a condo, apartment, whatever you're living in, they bring it to you. You've trusted them to deliver your restaurant favorites. And now you can get the grocery delivery that actually delivers too. thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy, which is always nice to help those in the local area with each and every order. You get exactly what you ordered and uh, they'll, they'll make it right if it doesn't happen. So you can sit back, enjoy the quality groceries, just like you pick them yourself. And if you want more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. If this is something that you're going to be using a lot, and why wouldn't you? DoorDash making it very easy for you. Get hooked up with one of these Dash Pass membership. It'll, it'll save you some money with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it, when you want it. Right now, they got a deal, Jeff. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code Locked on MLB at checkout. This is a limited time offer, by the way, so don't waste time. Terms apply. That's 50% off, up to 20 bucks, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code, say it with me, Locked on MLB. Don't forget, that's code Locked on MLB. 50% off your first order with DoorDash. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cardinals your first listen every day. Reminder, if you can't be down at Bush Stadium, you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Cardinals hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Cardinals or Reds. And, uh, J.D., so let's let's look at this series real quick. Um, mm -hmm. I want to give my prediction. I think the Reds are going to get it done. I think they're going to sweep this series. I think they're going to put themselves in whatever position it might be. The problem is they can't just sweep and then they control their own destiny. It's got to be at least a couple of losses from the Cubs and at least a couple of losses from the Marlins who they don't own the tiebreaker with. So I, I think that they're going to get it done. They, they boy, the, the way that the Reds ended the Guardian series and that loss you saw Jonathan India, you saw Ellie De La Cruz, you saw Andrew Abbott. So you saw guys sitting in the dugout afterward. And it was like, you know, okay, Guardians fans were celebrating Terry Francona because that was probably, I mean, he hasn't confirmed he's retiring, but I'm sure he's retiring. So it was probably his last game managing the Guardians there at home. But it wasn't as if they were partaking and enjoying the experience. There were long stares. They were looking at the horizon just like, 
really wanted that game and really, really hated that they lost it. I think they're coming in fired up. think they're going to get this sweep. Yeah, I mean, when it comes out of this portion of the season and you lose to a team that you're expected to beat and you need to beat and that doesn't happen. I mean, I know they threw uh, Bieber against you, who's never easy. He's never easy to go up against. But, uh, yeah, the, it, it, it's tough when it's on your shoulders to not lose. And then, uh, you know, when you drop one, it, it, it's tough to watch the other team having a good time out there on the field. And you're like, I don't know what my future is right now. Uh, the Cardinals on the, the other side of things. They know exactly what they're trying to do. They've got a lot of young guys. And this is what I worry about for you Reds who are are hoping that you can get a sweep in St. Louis is that these young guys don't know any better that they're supposed to lose. Like they're playing, they played the Brewers uh, very, very tough in this last series, trying to keep the Brewers from taking home the NL Central as long as they could. Uh, they, they, this is what they do. They, they go out there they're, they're, they're playing for roster spots next year on this Cardinals team. So they've got, the young guys, guys like Richie Palacios and Luke and Baker, Yvonne Herrera, guys that you may not be familiar with, but guys that have been in this organization that are hoping that next year they're on this 25 man roster from the get go and not doing any time in Memphis and having to wait and wait to see if they can get the call up. So they're trying to make impressions. And if they can go out there and disappoint the Cincinnati Reds and their fans by taking two of three, then that's what they're going to do. I, I hate to say it. I think you, the Reds would have had a better chance if the old veteran guys were all in the lineup still <laughs> who understood that the right. season's over and they got nothing to play for. But unfortunately, you're getting the young guys who are, are really going to try hard to not give you what you want. And it's, it's definitely not with confidence that I say the Reds will get that sweep because the Pirates parlayed that very same mentality that you're referring to into a two out of three series win at Great American. So that's going to be one of those things. And, and I'm hoping that the Reds pitching staff can kind of overcome that a little bit. But you, you mentioned guys that are looking for spots on the roster and looking toward the future. I, I, I think that we have a good handle on what the Reds need to do this offseason. What do you believe that John Mazaliak and the the Cardinals front office will do to kind of get the Cardinals back up off the mat? Because is it going to be something where they do institute a full rebuild or are they going to retool? I believe it will be a retool. They are rebuilding their philosophy. Uh, unfortunately, what the Cardinals need to get back to where we thought they were going to be this year is the same thing that everybody needs. It's the same thing that the Reds need. Starting pitching and pitching in general is is the issue. Uh, They traded away Jordan Montgomery. They traded away Jack Flaherty. Adam Wainwright is retiring. That's three holes in your starting rotation. And they've been giving uh, guys that you're going to see this weekend. You're going to see like a Drew Rahm, who they got in the trade with Baltimore for Jack Flaherty. Uh, They're giving him an opportunity to uh, see if he can earn a spot. He hasn't really done all that well. He's had one good game, and that was against Baltimore. It was the Rom revenge game, as I called it. Uh, but that's been about it. He's he's had a tough go. It doesn't appear that he's ready. You're going to get Jake Woodford uh, on Friday, who is um, he's been hurt a lot this year. Wasn't very good when he started the year either. Uh, probably more famous for being the guy that Castellanos flexed on at home plate at Great American Ballpark than anything else in his career thus far. And then you get Miles Michaelis, who coming into the year, you thought you had a, a solid number two type of guy. And he I already mentioned how, how much he struggled this year. Uh, just had a very good game against Milwaukee. So uh, he's probably going to try to end on a good note, but he's a very hittable pitcher. Um, 
most of us think that if you go into next season and Michaelis is still expected to be your number two, you have failed if you were John Moselock. Yeah. Like, you need to go out. And he's admitted as much that he has to go out. And he's said the number three pitchers. We need three pitchers for next year in the starting rotation. I don't know if that was the smartest thing to say because now it's expected that you go out and get three very good pitchers. And right. if you don't, they're going to come at you with the pitchforks. <laughs> and they're going to be like, well, you said you were going to do this, and you <laughs> didn't. Just like this year when he said, oh, payroll's going up. And it didn't go up significantly the way that everybody thought it was going to. And here we are at the end of the season and the Cardinals are in last place and uh, someplace they're not very familiar with. So um, that's the idea. Uh, I'm sure the same thing goes with the Reds. You know, you guys got to figure out first off, the Reds have to stay healthy in their starting rotation. Yes. That was part of the problem, but they could also use a couple more arms. And again, that's the problem with the Cardinals is they're going to be going up and the same for the Reds. I would assume too, they're going to be bidding against Everybody else who needs starting pitching as well. So it's not going to be as easy as it sounds where you could just go, oh, yeah, I'll get, just give me uh, that Aaron Nola guy. Give me Blake Snell. <laughs> I'll take one of those. No, there's going to be multiple teams out there and guys in bigger markets than Cincinnati and St. Louis that are willing to pay even more to these guys to bring them in. So it's not going to be easy for the Cardinals to fix what they need fixed for next year. Um I'm I'm skeptical if they can pull it off, to be honest. No, I, I and I'm with you. I think the the good news is for the Reds, they don't necessarily need to go get a Snell. I could see them getting like a a Jordan Montgomery or a or a Kyle Gibson or something like that. I, I talked about this with a couple of different people before, where it's like they just need an innings eater. They need a guy that's going to be a rock, be just really healthy and solid all season long doesn't necessarily need to be a file a fireballer who misses a lot of bats or anything like that because when they get these guys back healthy when they get ashcraft when they get lodolo when they get uh you know a, a fully healthy hunter green and and what can they get out of phillips and williamson and abbott and you're even maybe throwing Rhett Louder in there, depending on his arm. I know that his elbow's kind of been an interesting topic of conversation ever since he was drafted, but he was a very advanced prospect whenever the Reds picked him last season or the, this past draft. So I, I wonder how much they invest. I don't think it's going to be maybe one arm in the rotation. What they need to do, though, is they need to look themselves in the mirror and be honest about the bullpen. They got a lot of performances from guys that were pitching out over their skis this year. I love Ian Jabot. I love Buck Farmer. I love uh, Fernando Cruz and guys like that. You cannot expect all those guys to pitch this well next year. It's just not going to happen. They, they didn't mm -hmm. pitch that well last year. And so to expect them to do it two years in a row where this was the first year that they had done it, and most of them would have been at least a couple of years of just getting waved by other teams and failing – they need to go out and they need to get some bona fide arms in the bullpen. So that's really where they're going to be. But again, like you said, that's what everybody wants. I mean, <laughs> what what's the one thing that every single Major League Baseball team, whether they are the A's or the Braves, says that they need? Bullpen help. So, yeah. yes, everybody's going to be bidding on that. They're going to need to find the right guys that fit with this team. But that's going to be the main thing. And then on the position side of things, can they add to the outfield? The outfield at worst needs a right-handed platoon bat for Will Benson. And then if you believe he can be the everyday player just to get a right-handed bat for depth, because 
I believe if we go into the season expecting Stuart Fairchild or TJ Hopkins or, um, you know, one of those other guys that they've tried this year on the right-handed side in the outfield, if we expect them to be a big part of this lineup moving forward, that's going to be a mild failure on Nick Crawl's part. They're going to need to go out and get guys because we're done. The Reds are done with the figuring it out stage. We got it figured. Yeah. We, we know who the core is. It's time to win. Because it's going to be expected that the Reds make the playoffs next year, not hoped for. There's no more, well, we hope that we can be fun. No, this team is expected to be good next year. And like you said, it's going to be a busy offseason, I, I think, for both of our clubs. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I do not believe, just from an outsider's perspective and from a hating the Cardinals perspective. Like I hate them because they're good. I think that they're going to make the right moves to get themselves back into contention, but this is going to be a division now that we're looking at. That's going to be flip topsy turvy a little bit, because I wonder what the brewers do with Corbin Burns and their pitching staff. And I wonder kind of how they approach that. Is this going to be a reds pirates run division? I don't think the Cardinals like that idea. So they're going to make sure that it's not that way. Now I do have one question when it comes to because uh, one of the guys that just completely bashes the Cardinals constantly is one Jonathan India thoughts mm-hmm. on trading him because in my eyes, he's one of those guys that, yeah, he's not a great defensive second baseman, but he seems right. to me as an outsider is one of the kind of like the heartbeat of the team. When he went out, the Reds kind of struggled and fell back a little bit. He's back now, but you know, maybe too little too late for him. But is that a reality that Jonathan India might be the odd man out on that infield with all of these prospects you guys have brought up? I definitely think objectively he is not a top four infielder for this team. The hard part about that is, and I think everybody is going into this offseason expecting that he's going to be traded based on number of rumors. This team does not leak things from the front office. They're very close to the chest with everything that they do. So there's when there's smoke, there's fire. I think the problem with that is that if I'm looking at it objectively from another general manager's perspective and Nick crawls on the other side of the phone saying, I need an outfielder or I need an arm and I got Jonathan India available. That's not the first guy that I'm asking about. I'm asking about Noel V. Marte. I'm asking about maybe CES, maybe Edwin Arroyo, who is probably a year away, but he's going to be a very, very coveted talent. And if that's the no, then, all right, we talk about India. Is second base really his position? It's kind of hard to say. Is it third base? Well, then he doesn't have enough power to be a third baseman. Is he an outfielder? Haven't really seen it yet. So where does he fit on the team? Where does he fit on the field? And then, like you kind of said, like the numbers individually are not that, not that amazing. So I think that the value perceived by Reds fans is much different when perceived by a, a, another front office. So I don't necessarily know that it's one of those situations that you throw Jonathan India into a trade and you get that arm that you seek, or you get that outfielder that you seek. You might have to put more in there. And then I wonder if Nick crawl even wants to do that kind of a deal. So I think that he might still be with this team and they might be seeing, okay, can we work him into the outfield? Can we work him in a third base? Is he going to be the super utility that we kind of thought Spencer steer might be where Spencer steer might actually get relegated to being a left fielder. Yeah. A familiar spot hearing you say all of that stuff where the Cardinals are thinking about 
moving somebody like a Brendan Donovan or a, a Tommy Edmond because when you look at it, my question has been as well, I don't know what the worth is for players like that outside of how the Cardinals perceive their worth because we think they're these amazing players and that everybody would want one of them. And yet I don't know if everybody does want a Tommy Edmond or a Brendan Donovan. As solid as they are, they're not the sexiest players in the world. So I wonder if putting them in a package to try to grab a, a starting pitcher or some bullpen help, uh, if them being like the crown jewel of a trade is actually enough. And I don't know what people outside of the Cardinals organization think the value of someone like a Tyler O'Neill who had MVP votes two years ago, but can't stay on the field. Dylan Carlson, who was their top prospect for multiple years, can't stay on the field. Like everybody wants to trade them and go get a number one starter using these pieces. But if they don't play, like, does anybody else think these guys are even worth trading for? Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird spot for the Cardinals to be in because they don't, I don't know how much these guys are worth to anybody else in the league. I know what they're worth to the Cardinals, but it seems like if they were to make a move with any of them, that they're going to get less value than they think they would in return. And I think that, especially when it comes to Jonathan India, his greatest trait is his competitiveness, his grit, his his just not no quit in him type of player. I don't really know that uh, opposing general managers are looking for that in a deal. They're looking for you know, are you a power hitter? Are you a guy that gets on base? Are you a good glove? Like he's got a little bit of that stuff. He's, he's kind of a Jack of all trade master of none type deal. So how does that work? So I I'll be interested to see how the off season develops. I agree with you from him, from an individual perspective, because also he's got that dude that nobody really likes to talk to as his, uh, his agent and being Scott Boris. So yeah. when you make a deal for him and you expect multiple years, you got to go through him. Yeah. And that is where we're going in today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, checking out for this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Cardinals crossover. Reminder, before we get out of here, you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. On the SXM app, just search the word Reds or Cardinals. But for J.D. Hafron and myself, Jeff Carr, thanks again. And we will talk to you on Monday as we recap this series and we begin recapping the season. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about Reds postseason birth.